0: Welcome to Why Make, where we talk with makers from different disciplines about what inspires them to make with your hosts, Rob Helmkamp and Eric Wolken.
1: If you'd like to learn more about the makers we interview on Why Make, please go to our website, why And please help support the Why Make podcast on our Patreon page
0: at patreon.com forward slash Podcast or the Patreon link on our website. In this episode of Bonus Make, we talk with Katie Hudnall about one of the most important parts of an artist's toolbox, the sketchbook. As a tool for
1: organizing your thoughts, a visual expression of your daily experiences, or just a place to write down a shopping list next to a cool idea for a Rube Goldberg machine, the sketchbook is a Swiss army knife for most artists.
0: Katie takes us on a virtual tour through her sketchbook, which she also views as her portable studio.
1: Look on the podcast page of the website for an illustrated mixed-media version of this episode to go along with the audio-only version. And now, let's take a look at Katie's sketchbook. Welcome to Bonus Make with uh, Katie Hudnell, and I think we're going to talk briefly about your sketchbook the beauty of the sketchbook actually personally i think every artist's most important tool their sketchbook so tell us about your sketchbook Katie
2: so I have been keeping the same size sketchbook since grad school since 2003 um it's it's too big to carry around comfortably so of course I carry it around comfortably with me everywhere i go it's it's like the classic nine by 12 bound I don't use a spiral I think that spiral bound anything was it's it's not meant to be crushed and it just ends up poking you through your backpack I'm not into it and it took me when I started it would take me about 2 years and it to fill one and it was um just something I carried around with me everywhere I took notes in it I still take notes in them I make grocery lists in them I make to do lists in them
0: That's your book that's your mind
2: everything every day I make a list of the meetings I have for that day. And the, so that's always been a really valuable thing for me. And then when I, in 2016, I did the residency at the Center for Art and Wood. Um, and there was an artist there, Amy Forsyth, who also keeps sketchbooks pretty religiously. And she is, she does beautiful watercolors. I was sort of inspired to think more about my sketchbook like as a, as a real thing, not just sort of this auxiliary thing. And so I started being in it more frequently and I literally think of it as a space. Like if you were to take every page out of my sketchbook, there's 110 pages in there. So it's 220 front and back. It's about 125 square feet. So essentially when I'm walking around with a sketchbook, I'm walking around with a studio space. That's 125 square feet. Uh, well, I just said, yeah, square feet. Um, and I think about it like that. And then in 2018, right at the very beginning of 2018, I got sober and the, my evenings changed. Right, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I started doing two things. I started going on very long walks, and I started keeping essentially a journal um, in my sketchbook. It didn't make any sense for me to move that to something else. So it talks about the weather, the day um, like the struggles I'm having with people around me, um, the struggles I'm having with myself. And so now I fill up one of these sketchbooks in about six months. And I don't know, it just feels like this really beautiful note to future Katie. And I, you know, I said in the podcast, like I really do think of myself as three people and it's helped psychologically just tremendously to sort of constantly feel like there's this past Katie and she's writing me a letter. She's letting me know what's going on. And I understand that she is young and kind of stupid and has made some mistakes. And then there's me, Katie, right now. And uh, I want to help her because she's young and dumb. So I'm going to try and fix any mistakes that she made that I can fix. And then there's this future Katie who's coming in soon. And she's amazing. And I want to take care of her too. So I'm going to write her a letter, let her know what I'm doing. Hopefully she'll be able to figure some shit out for me. You know, and so like like the sketchbook basically is a one directional conversation to myself. And I love taking notes. I have learned so much about how to do what we do as artists, as teachers, as um, woodworker, as, you know, everything in my life as a drawer. Like I've learned so much from other people. And now, like, if someone offers me an artist that I should look at or a book I should read or if they show me a demo, like all that goes into that sketchbook. And I go back through them pretty regularly because they're not that far. Like I have four sketchbooks from the last two years of sobriety. And like it's really that's so lovely for me to be able to kind of go back through and, and see those. And then yeah, it's a lot of me trying to figure out how to make stuff. Um, but these past couple years have been especially uh, (laughs) writey, like a lot of writing because I moved, I've had like a relationship where my studio practice was in transition. So I, it basically was my studio. I feel so bad for people who don't keep a sketchbook.
0: The concept of all in one really, really, really makes sense to me. Mm. Like my stuff is so scattered. I've got a book here and a book there and a book there, man, I'd probably simplify my life so much if I put it all in one or at least clean up the mess a little bit.
2: <laughs> My students who keep like a whole bunch of different sketchbooks, I'm always like, you're never going to find that draw." where they don't keep them linearly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's heartbreaking to me. And I understand everyone has their own different way of kind of like, I think I'm a really scatterbrained thinker. I don't think that. I know that. Like y'all have a conversation with me, you know this. And so for me, I need some kind of external structure to make linear thought happen. Um, and there's a great... Uh, a quote from Walter Ong. Do you guys know Walter Ong's work on writing? No. He, called, he called writing, this, I learned this from a grad student this semester, my grad students are so smart, but he said that writing is a technology for restructuring thought, right? And I love that, that like writing allows you to layer complex thoughts that you couldn't hold in the, in the brain space in one, in, one, you know, in one place. You can kind of layer them in writing.
1: The interesting thing, at least with my sketchbooks, is that I find they're less an organizing tool than they are a statement of where I was at that moment. And that they're really nonlinear. The ideas are nonlinear. I mean, I'll draw one thing and then I might draw a series of them and then drop it and never pick it up again. It's also amazing to me the few number of things that actually get built out of that sketchbook. It seldom does an idea go directly from the sketch to actually being made, but it's it's a wonderful day-to-day journal and I don't use it quite like you do, but... There's a richness in notes because, again, I'm trying to describe these objects with words because my drawing fails really to describe them in three dimensions.
2: The snail is my um, uh, sort of spirit animal in part because I was a really slow learner when I was a kid. My my brother actually nicknamed me Zippy the Wonder Snail. And my sister, who's younger, added with three broken legs to that. So I was Zippy the Wonder Snail with three broken legs. growing up and Zippy is still kind of my nickname. I love the the snail also because of the spiral in the shell. And I feel like kind of as an artist, like, I don't know if I'm going in or if I'm going out, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I kind of cover the same ground over and over and over again. And I just had a show at Tennessee Tech University called The Longest Distance Between Two Points, which for me sort of suggests that spiral where you've literally walked every piece of ground around something to get to an idea that's not actually very far away
1: it's the the whole rube goldberg idea again
2: but like these things i'm still like i've been drawing these stupid brush things and making these forms so it will have three little brush legs
1: that's so oh, okay cool. yeah it's interesting the whole brush thing has really taken off in the woodworking world as sort of an expressive object we were talking with andy buck about making brushes and then Ellie Richards about making brushes. It's a uh, it's a it's a wonderful object because it it hints at function, but it doesn't really have. It can be an utterly sculptural. object. It can object.
2: and it kind of gives you this permission. I, I like for me, it gave me permission to make these really sculptural objects that again were carved, so they were very three dimensional in a way that my drawings were starting to be. But because I've been drawing creatures that have these sort of like odd arched legs for for years. And then I went to Rome in 2019 with a student group. I actually, we went all over Italy. Uh, We were in Rome and Florence and Siena and uh, Venice. And of course, like I came back and the arches were like even more present in all of my drawings. And the brush kind of like gave me an excuse to make that as a three dimensional object. And I'm going to blame, uh, slash, thank from the bottom of my heart aspen Golan, for some of that <laughs> because she gave a wonderful very simple tutorial on instagram of how to make brushes right at the very beginning of the pandemic i think she did it in april and it was like like here's a thing you can do at home with like very few tools how amazing is that
1: i wonder if that's the the origin of uh a lot of the brushes from Andy Buck and Ellie and...
2: They may have been. I think Ellie may have gotten it from Aspen. I know that I did. Um, I don't know about Andy. And I think um, a lot of my friends who've gone through the Krinoff School have um, learned how to make their own tools. I mean, planes and chisels and, and brushes as well. So I think that that's a tutorial that's been passed down through that school as well, potentially.
1: Well, uh, I would encourage everybody that's out there that's listening to pick up their sketchbook and drop some fantastic brushes. So, Rob, do you do you have a sketchbook on your desk? OK, well, let's let's all of us put up our sketchbooks and then can somebody take a screenshot? That was really fun. Thanks again to Katie Hudnell for letting us travel through our sketchbook. And as always, why make? Why make? Why make? You can listen to Why Make on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also grab our RSS feed or a direct download from our website, why-make.com. This episode is
0: currently brought to you by the Holy Pockets of Robin Eric. Please help us build our creative funding base at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at at why make Pod. This episode is recorded on Squadcast and edited by us on Audacity. Thanks for listening.